Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined once again this week uh, by friend of the show, um, Derek from college. How you Hello. doing, Derek? How are you? I am doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Happy Halloween Eve yep, and you too. Mandalorian Season 2 release day to you. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way. Uh, thank you. Uh, are you. Are you dressing up for Halloween? At all this so, year? So, uh, I think we are. Um, okay. We weren't originally going to have plans, and then uh-huh. um, some of our friends over it, and I'm just going to do a plug because they're awesome and they need it right now, Misadventure Vodka. Okay. Um, they are, just I'll do a little quick plug, they are the only zero-waste distillery in the world. They use, mm. so all their vodka that they make is made from old bread and bread products as opposed to going out and using, like, wheat and water and stuff. It's really yeah. good. But they're okay. doing a, uh, a Halloween bash, and so we initially were just going to sit on the couch and watch movies, but now I think we're going to go to that, and I will be dressing as Billy Butcher from The Boys. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Did you have to? Did you have to buy anything for this costume, or did you have all the ingredients? Absolutely not. I pretty much have all the ingredients already because I'm, as you know, I'm already a badass. So <laughs> yeah. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Nice. <laughs> How um, about you? Uh, yeah. I think we're just going to go over to a friend's house. Um. And, uh, uh, well, actually that's not entirely true. Well, I mean, we are doing that, but, um, and the lies start already. <laughs> yeah, I'm already an unreliable narrator. Um, no, I'm actually, uh, DJing, uh, an event. Um, uh, my church is putting on like a, uh, like a, like a, they're taking over the local high school and doing oh, like cool. a drive through kind of like, uh, haunted house kind of candy giveaway thing that like families can drive their kids through and stuff like that. Okay, and so kind of like a mobile trunk or treat kind of thing? Yeah, that type of thing. Uh, yeah, oh, there's going like to be a fun. bunch of people, like staff members and stuff, dressed up in costumes. And so I'm, I, they asked me to wear a costume for that. So I'm going to be a Dodger player from the LA Dodgers. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it was Get a really your... easy costume to put just... together. <laughs> <laughs> and extremely timely, might I add. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. They just won the World Series, so they sh- I, it should go over very well. <laughs> Gangbusters would be the word yeah. that I feel like people would use. Exactly. So yeah, and then uh, we will. That's in the afternoon, which is nice because I still have Halloween night to myself. So I think we're gonna go to a friend's house here in the area and just yeah, just hang out in his living cool. room, wear costumes, and be weirdos. Hey, I love it. That's the whole yep. point of Halloween, right? Yeah, exactly. That is exactly the point. Uh, Find the weirdos you can get along with. Yeah, I'm gonna take a pillowcase with me to the event I'm DJing and try to steal as much of the candy as possible. I think that sounds like a very mature and uh, grown-up decision for you. All of the Reese's and Kit Kats, come oh, with me. Pop, popping off, man. We, I don't know about you, but we are a Reese's household. Mm-hmm. Like we, that is our brand. Uh, mm-hmm. Butterfingers can Butterfingers can kick it too, but as far as Halloween candy goes and just candy in general, if you ain't Reese's, I don't. Ha- we don't have time for you. Yeah, I, I'm a huge Reese's fan over here as well. So, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, um, it's going to be good. Last episode you were on, we uh, pitched some movie ideas based on Disneyland rides that don't have any story elements to them. And mm-hmm. uh, I've been getting a lot of good feedback from that episode, and I thought it oh, was well, a, a, f- a fun exercise to do. So I thought we'd come back for round two. This time, you and I are going to pitch um, sequels to movies that we wish happened um, or might even happen. But uh, it's our version of that sequel because, you know, Hollywood loves a good sequel now. True. And some and some of them, the one thing I will say about uh, the Hollywood sequel thing and the ones we're about to do, some of these sequels are be, are movies that no one wants. 
Yeah. Yes. Mostly movies yet, no one we're wants. Gonna talk, yeah, mostly ones that don't, no one wants or should exist, but we're going to do it. Hence why they have not been made. Um, <laughs> and that is, gives us the material for our talking today. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, this should be fun. Um, so the way it's going to work is uh, we have not compared lists. I simply ask that I asked you ahead of time that you would come up with a handful of movies and pitch ideas and I would mm-hmm. do the same. Maybe we'll have some overlap. Who knows? But we have not cross-checked our lists. Um, I'm already they- telling you, I guarantee <laughs> that, you that we don't because I okay. went for some extremely esoteric like out. I mean, you know, two of them, actually, now that I'm looking at my list right now, we might have, let's see, there are two that, maybe three that I think uh-huh. might overlap, but I doubt okay. We'll see. All right. We'll I'm see. excited for this. This is going to be <laughs> Me good. too. When you sent me the text yesterday, I was like, yes, this is going to be <laughs> so fun. Yeah. So we're going to pitch uh, the movie ideas, and then I thought it'd be cool. There was a um, – uh, let me get the let me get the fellow's name uh, who sent a message to Weekly Regular. I'm going to shout him out. Uh, oh, we, had a, we week- had a write-in? Yeah. Someone on Instagram said – let me go to the messages um, – Damn you, Instagram, and your new layout. <laughs> oh, isn't it the worst? <laughs> yeah, I don't like, know how to get to worst. anything. <laughs> it's not the worst. It's going to take me a little bit to get used to it. But like, also, because it takes me to, time to get used to it and it's changed, it's the worst. Yeah, it is the worst. Oh, shout out to Curtis. I'll, I don't want to say his last name just in case he doesn't want to be put out there like that. But totally. Curtis, uh, who is a listener of the podcast, uh, messaged me last week and he said, Hey, I listened to today's episode where you guys made up movies from Disney rides. I loved it. Uh, if you guys ever play again, you guys should have one guy pitch the story and the other do the casting. That way the story guy has to pitch the concept well enough for the other guy to cast it right. And then he did the Ooh. like the the like the sounds great. Yeah. Uh, OK. Yeah. Yeah, Sticker. exactly. The Yeah, exactly. The A-OK sign with his hand. Um Either that or he's doing the white supremacist sign. You know, they do that in pictures. I, yeah, I don't think that it's that whole, one, though. I don't think it's that one. I hope it's not that one. I hope it's not that one. <laughs> what, what if that's what it was? It's like, that way the story guy who has to pitch the concept well enough for the other guy to cast it right. All right, white power. <laughs> See you later. See you later, white power. White power, coronavirus is a lie, and black lives don't matter. Peace out. Yeah, exactly. All lives matter. See thank, you later. Thank, thanks, Curtis. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, no, Curtis, uh, no, I believe he's saying A-OK, and that's a great message. And so we are going to amend the process that way. So we're both going to pitch our ideas, and then I thought it'd be fun, based on Curtis's suggestion, suggestion to the person listening, they do the casting based on how well uh, or just who they think would play uh, the characters uh, best. So, cool. yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. Uh, and these Again, these are not based on rides. These are based on Hollywood movie franchises that either didn't have sequels or had sequels, but you want to continue the franchise franchise or reboot it or whatever. Gotcha. Uh, we're doing some fantasy pitches, all right? Um, Derek, you, you want to lead off? Sure. All right. You are at the plate, sir. All right. Uh, here we go. So trying to figure out which one I want to lead with in first all right so it's the one it's one movie that came out uh, okay. a while ago 2009 i believe 2009 i um, was a that, um sophomore in college yes i was i was as well mm-hmm. um and uh it was one that everybody thought was going to get a sequel and we've been kind of waiting for a sequel but mm. um for some weird reason we just haven't gotten it and that is district nine mm, nice yes. choice yeah so we pick up in our District 9 sequel, Vicus Vendemia 
is mm-hmm. uh, living as a prawn in the uh, in the in the prawn city. Spoiler um, alert going, for District Nine. <laughs> what's up? Spoiler alert for District Nine. Just spoiler alert for District Nine. If you haven't seen it, but if you have, if you listen to this podcast and you haven't seen it, what are you doing? Yeah, um, definitely go go see that. Movie. Also, it's um, been more than ten years since that movie came out. It's it's very much past the oh the uh, statute of limitations oh, for absolutely. spoiling a movie. Hundred percent. And if yeah. you haven't seen it in a while, I highly suggest you go. You guys go rewatch it again. It's a fantastic film. Definitely. Um. So. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we pick up with Vegas and he is living in the, in district nine in the prawn city trying to get by. Um, mm-hmm. and now there is an, um, an underground sort of, um, I would say that the movie would be based on the concept that there is an underground resistance building inside district nine because they've received a signal from the ship that left that is now coming right. back and letting people, the letting, letting all the prawns know that it's coming back and it's time to time to play. So instead of it being a uh, culture shift commentary on apartheid and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I would have it lean more action forward, more intrigue, mm-hmm. more like uh, suspense thriller kind of stuff. Like how are they going to keep, how are we going to build these weapons so that the authorities don't, you know, don't find them. Vickis realizes, you know, he's been living as a prawn for some time. Like he realizes that the, he's adapted to the culture. Um, he still wants to be with his wife, but he realizes that the only way he can do that is if the ship comes back down and he gets to go in it to change, to re, you know, kind of resequence his DNA back into human form. Um, now it would be sort of, you know, in order to do that, the ship is basically telling everybody, all the all the prawns in District Nine, that it can't get inside airspace just mm-hmm. yet. So they're going to have to do something from the ground to distract the authorities, so that it can come back down and start, you know, pumping out, <clears throat> excuse me, um, pumping out, you know, resources and uh, true extra troops and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And so the movie, I would say that the you know first third of the movie, first act of the movie would be. Uh, sort of showing how Vickis sort of lives um, mm-hmm. in the new world and try, you know, escapes District Nine at night to go, you know, pay, you know, check in on his wife and his kid, um, and then uh, towards the end of Act One, we have him getting inducted into the into the Resistance. And um, mm. Act Two would be him building the resistance, them finding out about the signal, receiving the signal, and trying to figure out how and where to fight, strike, and be the most effective. And then act three would be the big, the big battle sequence where it's, you know, they're fighting the human troops and with an overwhelming amount of, I would say an overwhelming amount of, um, like the prawns are bigger, faster, all that kind of stuff when they want to be. Um, So what I would say is they have more fight in them, but they have less Mm -hmm. weapons, which is that that's the... um, you know, less technologically advanced weapons or firearms or whatever. So mm-hmm. that's sort of the, I would say, sort of the underdog struggle with them against the South African government is that they have all the guns. And then as we saw in the first movie, they've only been taking those weapons that they've confiscated from from the prawns and they've been expanding mm-hmm. on those. Mm. So that's what I would have. And okay. then at the, you know, and then at the end, the ship comes down and it just starts, you know, that's when you get the, oh shit moment when it's just shooting purple lightning and vaporizing people. And you're like, oh <laughs> yeah, we, nice. we were not prepared. That sounds exciting. Yeah. That that's sounds my, cool. All right. Yeah. Are there any, uh, are there any, um, new main characters you'd think about adding to the cast like oh absolutely i think that um now the thing is is that you would 
a lot of this is based off of mocap because of the you know the CGI digital overlay on mm-hmm. uh, on actors. So you'd be relying a lot on, and because they speak a different language, I'm not sure if I would do it as a. We understand the prawns talking to each other, mm-hmm. or if I would keep it subtitles like in the first movie, just to remind you that they are speaking in clicks and you know, clicks mm-hmm. and sounds and they're very, and it's still a very alien culture to us, even though it's on our planet. Um, gotcha. I think it actually might be more powerful to remind you that these are not people that communicate in English or whatever language gets screened in whatever country it is. So I think right. that having subtitles and um, the, and the, you know, the guttural sort of like, you know, prawn language, I think would probably benefit a little bit mm-hmm. towards that end. So I don't really know if you would need, I guess all the acting star power would probably come on the um, on the uh, South African government side, mm-hmm. and for the that humans. I would definitely cast some. Um, like, there's definitely a big bad, like a general, obviously who intercepts the communication. So there's kind of that race for them to be prepared and build up a, you know, shore up their defenses against the District Nine defenses. Um, mm-hmm. So you'd need, I think, you would need a. Obviously, the bad guy has to be hated. And um, <laughs> yep. has to be portrayed as a giant racist mm-hmm. because that's basically what this is, is just a thin veneer for racism in our in our <laughs> world. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, just someone that's highly hated. If he has a scar across his eye to denote that he was in combat and he's kind of a badass, maybe that'd be good. So um, uh, so <clears throat> the 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 burden of casting this has fallen on me. Mm-hmm. And I think I think uh, I think the villain you're describing uh, I think because it, especially because it's South African, I think why not get Charlize Theron to do it? Ooh, that is not a direction that I saw you going, but I I really like it. I like that I, a lot. Yeah, yeah, I think she could be a badass, and you she know, could use evil. her actual accent. Yeah, exactly. Which would be fun. Yeah, I heard it once in an interview, and I was like, "Wait, this is before I knew she was half." I was like, "Wait, what? What is this? Yeah, yeah. what's happening here? What is happening here?" Yeah, I think no, I think she'd you're be great American. at it. Yeah, yeah, I think she'd be great at it. Uh, I think she and and that's that right there is like that's the star power you need right there. She's mm-hmm. she's she's a big deal. So I think that'd be good. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be. You have a title for it? You know my head always goes to a joke title. Um, <laughs> District <always>. 9, 2. <laughs> the districting. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> I don't yet. I haven't really mm. thought that far ahead. I spent most of my brain power this morning and last night kind of coming up with um, plot lines for my pitches. So mm-hmm. I feel like the title is something you could... Rev- <laughs> Uh, District Nine Two Revenge. What is this? What's the 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 main prawns name? Chris? Is it Chris Columbus? Is that? What I think it is? it's Christopher Johnson. I Christopher think Johnson. Yeah, yeah, District Nine: The Revenge of Christopher Johnson. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, we will. Uh, well, yeah. I, I feel like a sequel to that movie would probably not even be called District Anything. Oh, I think God, it would no. just be some other name, and it'd be like, and and that would be the appeal of it is like you don't really 
know what the movie's about to the end of the you know like till you see the trailer and you're like oh this is a sequel to district nine you yes, know what i mean exactly, it'd be one of those exactly and i feel like the lead-in surprise for the trailer would have probably have to come in like the the half the second half of the trailer you know totally. so it shows it all from the human perspective and you're like oh this kind of looks familiar and then all of a sudden it's like boom you're like oh it's a district nine <laughs> sequel okay mm-hmm. okay i'm here for it <laughs> yeah that sounds great yeah. that's a good choice district nine is a good fun. choice um, let's see where I want to go. Yeah. Um, let's go. You know what? My, I'm going to just go, uh, chronologically through mine because mine, beca- mine goes from like serious, earnest, like movies that I really want to see. And, and then it, as it goes along, it kind of devolves into like <laughs> weird Insanity. thought experiment. Yeah. Weird ex- <laughs> thought experiment sequels. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. Why don't you do, yeah. Before we get to the weird thought experiment, warm me up with some normal stuff and then we'll, we'll go into your weird dimension of, of totally. your brain. Uh, so I may or may not have talked about this i don't think i've talked about this at length on the podcast yet but um one of my most favorite movie franchises uh of all time is the matrix franchise oh have you not talked about that yet is that is i think i think i've mentioned the matrix but i don't think i've talked about my pitch for the sequel yet i think we may have always alluded to it but i never talked about it so i've had this for a while i Uh, thought you just (laughs) straight up never talked about how you like the matrix on this podcast no no we've definitely talked about that almost impossible (laughs) No, so many of our conversations <laughs> have revolved around that movie franchise. I know it's crazy. Um, so yeah, I have a, a pitch for the fourth Matrix movie, and um, I feel like I, I owe it to the audience to catch them up briefly on on the end of the third movie, just mm. so that people understand what the fourth movie is trying. Yeah, because a lot of people didn't go see it. Yeah. So the Matrix trilogy tells a story of. Um, the future a future humanity that has lost a war with an artificial intelligence and these machines use humans as batteries to power the machine world and in order to keep them the humans docile they keep them plugged into a virtual reality called the matrix in the third movie there's a big war for um humanity because there's a group of humans who have unplugged from the matrix and who are fighting the machines and there's this big giant war in the third one between um agent smith who's like essentially like a viral program that the the alien or the aliens that the machines created um to keep uh other programs in check it's all very complicated but uh so (laughs) there are reasons they're not well thought out but there are reasons for everything but this virus agent smith has gotten basically like has become self-aware and wants to be free like a human so the machines make an agreement with the um the leading human soldier guy neo played by keanu reeves he knows kung fu yeah, he knows Kung Fu. Uh, they, they they make a deal with him to say, we'll end this war if you stop Agent Smith because he's getting out of out of hand. So um, the way uh, so Neo de- defeats Agent Smith by destroying himself because uh, Agent Smith is still a machine and a slave to his programming and his programming is to um, destroy Neo and any threat to the machine world. So he neo destroys himself therefore exploding agent smith and the machines carry neo's body off and there we're told by the oracle and the architect at the end of the movie that there is uh there will be peace for now and no more war for the time being and we go off into the sunset that's the end of the third movie essentially there's a there's a lot more fighting and things like that but that's essentially the third movie my sequel it's a lot more exciting yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, um, Lawrence Fishburne is around. Yeah, for some Lawrence of it. Fishburne is around. Uh, uh, yeah, it's it's good, it's good stuff. 
Um, so the my sequel starts with uh, we're about twenty years after the the end of the war, and uh, the machine world has. Uh, in the in the first year after the war has ended, the machine side and the human side um, have put forth a, a treaty. Basically, they're like these peace accords that say um, there will be peace. There will be no more um, direct attack, attacks on from either side. Um, and humans, because the humans' big problem is they're being held against their will in um, in the Matrix. So they they come with this peace treaty that says um, because the machines. The, because humans are not the machine's only power source, like they have a a sort a kind of fusion, as more, Lawrence F- Fishburne said in the first movie, um, they agree basically that humans can wake up and be pl- unplugged from the Matrix only only once they've been presented with the opportunity. It can't be forced on them. They can be given the choice: either you can stay in the Matrix and live the life you have, stay with your loved ones and stuff like that, or we can wake you up. And but it can only be presented in the Matrix. Uh, and and if people want to choose to stay there, then they have to honor that and they have to uh, erase their memory and let them stay in the matrix. Right? So the way this looks in the matrix is 20 years after this there, it looks like a big, like sort of like pseudo religious movement. Like there's this giant church that started of uh, the church of the awakening. And uh, basically it's, this is like the in matrix recruiting process to unplug people from the matrix. And the church is headed up by, uh, the boy, quote unquote, who is um, from the Matrix lore. He's in the second Matrix movie. I think he's in the third one, too. But he like leads the, the he's like a he's special because in the Animatrix, just quickly his backstory. Uh, this character um, is the only character is the only person within the Matrix lore to have freed their own mind. Um, he freed his own mind out of the Matrix and woke up and now uh, and then he shows up in later Matrix movies. Uh, and He's like he leads Real the quick. machine victory and stuff. What? Is this the spoon kid? There is no spoon. No, 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 no. That's a, that's a whole different kid. This is the kid because okay. I'm not 100 percent familiar with the Animatrix. Okay, so. this is uh, the boy is the guy who's like uh, in the second movie when Matrix or when Neo comes back to Zion. It's he's like the first guy that welcomes Neo off the ship, and he's like, Neo, I'm so glad you're here. And he's like in love with Neo because like he thinks Neo saved his life, but Neo's like, no, you you know, kid, you saved yourself. Blah 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 blah. Do you remember that interaction? It's been a while since yeah. I've seen it. Sorry, I've seen these movies no, three hundred times. Fine. <laughs> no, it's fine. But we're both leading off of things that we both like, like, but like ha- people haven't watched in a while. So exactly. It's all good. Exactly. So that's <laughs> who this okay. character is. He's he, in the in the Animatrix. He's the only character to free his own mind. He he didn't go through the whole waking up process. Gotcha. He okay. he came out of the matrix on his own um so because of that he op he can he can enter and leave the matrix at will without having to be plugged in so he is in the matrix he is the leader of this religion the religion the church of the awakening Hmm. um and it's this giant religious movement that's sweeping across the nation um and uh but there is a um an underground faction of the machines like a new program that has become self-aware the way smith did who is unhappy with peace doesn't feel like there should be peace uh it feels like we don't need humanity anymore this has become a liability and we should basically have energy independence from these human beings let's just wipe them all out um but machines because they are bound to their programming they don't have a machine um skilled enough to take down the boy and his teams uh his team of like protectors or whatever um 
so what they end up doing so basically so cut back into the matrix there's been over the last six months or whatever there's been a string of terrorist attacks right at these churches you know explosions you know chemical attacks at the different church Mm -hmm. locations around the world um we discover um going into the second act maybe that the terrorist is neo and it's this new neo with long hair and a beard and he doesn't speak to anyone he's just this like silent you know uh you know terroristic guy who's been inciting violence all all around the world right who's been mourning Uh, his dog (laughs) yes basically um (laughs) and and what we discover is uh and there's also an outspoken politician who is very against the church uh and once the, who thinks the church, he's like, this is a cult. Uh, the, you know, this, you know, you see there, in the, you know, the ch- if there wasn't this church, there wouldn't be this violence that's happening, blah, 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 blah. What we, what we discover is that Neo's, the Neo we're seeing is a, the way Morpheus says, when you see yourself in the matrix, you see yourself as your like revi- residual self image. We're seeing a, a virtual projection of Neo taken from his memories and stuff like that, but he's being controlled by a machine consciousness. And what we figure out is that the consciousness that is controlling Neo was created by this rogue machine uh, consciousness that is uh, that wants to wipe out humanity. And that that rogue consciousness is actually the politician in the Matrix. We end up finding that out. So uh, but yeah. And then so it becomes, you know, third act of this movie is the boy and his team of protectors of Zion and humanity taking on new bad Neo and trying to get Neo's real personality to transcend his new programming. And there's a cool fight. And because the boy can uh, enter and leave the Matrix at will, he can like teleport. Uh, in the matrix so like there's a bunch of cool potential for that and all that kind of stuff and yeah that is uh that is my matrix 4 sequel okay all right what do you think and who would you cast yeah uh gimme yeah so basically the two the 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 new main characters you need to cast for this are the boy um and you need to cast um the politician slash the rogue uh, ai so just those two yeah, just those two. That's you okay. don't have to cast the whole movie. Um, I'm looking up on IMDb if I can find the kid that played the boy. Yeah, I don't know what his credit. W- I mean, I I think it's the boy. Um, looking for. I'll, I'll help you. I'll help you look it up. Yeah, the thank boy you. Because Matrix. I am trying to figure that out. Because if that kid is still acting and is good enough, then that's one down, right? Yep. So, um. Let me look it up. I'm sure. Um, let me see. When we uh, so uh, I'll I'll edit this part out once we yeah. uh, once we find it. Um. Um. Do me a favor. Let's uh, once we find it, we'll do another clap just so I have yeah. an edit point. Oh, for sure. Uh, but keep 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 recording Is right it now. It's kid. Fine. Yeah, maybe it's the kid. Clayton Watson. Yeah, that's that him. Sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh, he. It's oh. the kid, not the boy. Okay. All right, so let's do a clap right here. Okay. All right. Three, two. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, you're good. You're good. Three, two, one. Clap. Cool. 
Okay, a little bit of Hollywood magic here yeah. while we Googled. Um, uh, we had to take a time out, everybody. We were like, uh, unless you wanted to sit through about a minute and a half of us going, uh, mm, uh, uh, is, it, is it this person? Uh, <laughs> and uh, and uh, correction, I've been referring to this character as the boy, and I, uh, apparently it's the kid. Sorry, not, yeah. the, uh, not the boy, the Duh. kid. So, um, yeah, we found it. And the actor yeah, is who, Derek? Okay, his name is Clayton Watson. Okay. And he has, he's got some pretty good credits to his name. Like, I, okay. you know, it would be one of those, like, just for continuity's sake, you know, for for that stuff, I think that you should try to, you know, you, I always, for sequels and stuff, you, I always prefer it when they try to use the same actors um, on that stuff. He's doing he's some Australian. That's, that's cool. He's doing some stuff. Yeah, his name's Clayton Watson. He's got a pretty good look these days. Um Okay. There's a photo of him shirtless drinking some sort of beverage on his IMDb photos. So okay, okay, not real. Yeah, sure he what could. That's he about. could probably do it. He looks. He probably could. Yeah, yeah. he's maintained his boyish charms. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, he still yeah. looks like he just looks. You know, he looks good. So I'd stick with him as mm-hmm. the kid. Um. <clears throat> uh. But yeah, use him as the as the leader, and then for the politician rogue consciousness, because you uh-huh. want somebody that's a little bit sinister. And yes. somebody that, but also looks political and looks yeah. good in a suit, good in a tie, but also when he decides to start murdering people wholesale like a rogue AI consciousness, then that's, you know, kind of what he does. So I mm-hmm. would go with Lee Pace. Lee Pace. Let me, Ronan let me the rem- Accuser from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. I'm trying to see what he looks like in real life, though, because uh, I don't know what he looks like outside of that. Oh, yeah. Makeup. That was a bad. Yeah. When him, my reference to him being covered in. In makeup was probably not a good yeah you know him just in purple makeup because that's how he looks <laughs> oh yeah 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 no yeah. yeah he'd be great yeah he looks like a politician exactly that's kind of when you said politician rogue consciousness i figured we should lean more heavily i mean obviously casting to should lean more heavily on the politician look side of it totally um as opposed to the rogue because the rogue consciousness you as we've seen with agent smith you know you always want to go back to that you know that kind of anderson kind of look um yeah. But yeah. Oh, also, yeah, so I do Lee Pace as the as your big bad and I'd uh, I'd recast uh you know, the kid, the original kid is the kid, uh Clayton nice. Watson. Um All right. the the other thing too is every time you kept saying the saying the boy, every, I, my brain just kept going, <laughs> "Have the boy lay out my formal shorts, Kiff. <laughs> the boy, sir. You you lay out my formal shorts." <laughs> yeah. That's a Futurama reference yeah. for the uninitiated. Uh, <laughs> Kiff, show them the medal they gave me, <sighs> and it's on his jacket. <laughs> Thank you. You may go. Yeah. Oh, oh that's God. great. All right. Well, that that sounds good, and I would title it. Um, uh, let me see. This is Matrix, Matrix Reloaded, Matrix Revolutions. Um, I would say Matrix, maybe the the Matrix Resurgence. I think Ooh, would be resurgence good. Would, be good, would be a good title that keeping with fun. the re with the reword and then mm-hmm. you know it's like a resurgence of yeah it's a resurgence of yeah it's a resurgence of a lot of things i think that's the it's kind of the theme of the movie it's like oh, all these yeah all right there we franchise go franchise is coming back we're bringing it up yeah totally i think yeah. resurgence would probably resurgence. be good yeah yeah Absolutely. Uh, Warner Brothers, if you end up naming this fourth Matrix movie that, I want my 10%. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, make sure it's not just 10% off the top. You should get merchandising the back options. End, points yeah, on the back end. You want that yeah, back end action. Yeah, 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 yeah. Residuals sure. is what we want. That way you get checks for years to come. 
Yes. Um, all right. What movie you got next? All right. So kind of a, out of left field, kind of a fun one. Didn't okay. do insanely well at the box office, if I Which remember. Which is probably why we didn't get a sequel. Which is probably why we didn't get... Well, we probably... One of the reasons why we didn't get a sequel is because this guy really isn't known for doing sequels, unless it's for mm. kids' movies. Okay. So mine is Planet Terror by Robert Rodriguez. Okay. For those of, the, of you who The Grindhouse... Yes, which I film. actually really like the Grindhouse double feature. I thought it was real fun. Yeah, it was good. It was, I like yeah. it. Um, yeah, so for those of you who aren't familiar, the uh, the main synopsis of the movie, it's basically like a biochemical uh, version of a zombie film. Mm -hmm. um, so it's basically just people melting from this biochemical thing driving themselves mm -hmm. insane. So it's like a combination of the rage virus, but also like zombie kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But they have like weird growths and it turns them into monsters and creatures and stuff. And so it's about a ragtag group of survivors that come together in a hospital to uh, basically beat it and get down to Mexico. They end up in Mexico, like on the beach. And uh, Rose McGowan runs around in a tube top, a miniskirt, and has a machine gun for a leg. So yep. <laughs> this, all of that nonsensical kind of stuff. Like, And it's... I only I only call out her outfit because it is so outlandish and ridiculous that it makes <laughs> right. it you see the you see the poster and you go, oh, this is going to be fun. Like, yeah. and that's truthfully just what it is. It's it's just a fun movie. Bruce Willis plays this military like general that's just a bad guy or Lieutenant Muldoon, excuse me. And um, <clears throat> you've got a lot of fun. So you get to watch Fergie get eaten in the beginning, which is kind of fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Josh Brolin's in it on for one of his comeback, you know, comeback roles. And um, yeah, it's just kind of fun. It's got a fun cast and lots of, you know, just kind of just some good, just some good stuff, like some really good elements to it. And so the movie, they go through all this stuff, surviving, getting through, they get taken to a military base. Um, and uh, at the end, they attach a M16 with a grenade launcher on it as her leg and she's running around and like kicking her leg up and shooting a bunch of people and then launches somehow all without touching the trigger, which was my only question about that entire movie. I'm like, but how, how does, does that work? Work. Yeah. Um, yeah. But how does that work? So, um, the, uh, yeah, so they end up on a beach in Mexico and some okay. Mayan ruins and they're kind of starting their, their new utopian, you know, sort of society. Okay. And um, it turns out that instead of having a um, an M4 with a grenade launcher, she has a minigun for a leg now. Mm -hmm. And um, she just blows apart some guys at the end. And it's kind of this like badass female moment where she's like, not in my town. You're like, hell, hell no. Absolutely not, <laughs> right. Rose. Like 100% behind you all the way. Um, so, yeah. So what I would do with this new movie Mm -hmm. is they are one of the last surviving, you know, it's just your, I would just go typical standard post-apocalyptic zombie film with it. It's your mm -hmm. last standard, um, one of your last civilizations. They've, the town has grown into a city now and, um, not a large one, but you know, maybe city is the wrong word, but a town township, a settlement, and, um, a settlement, if, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. And so what I would do is I would have, you know, their idyllic sort of existence on the beach in Mexico is it's starting to be uh, they they realize that what happened was, is that the instead of everybody dying off from the plague like they thought it was because they haven't had an attack in, in a, over a year or two. Um, so they've kind of lessened their defenses, you know, relaxed mm -hmm. a little bit. 
So instead mm-hmm. of what they found is, it's not that the it's not, it didn't kill everybody off like they assumed. It's um, the government found a way to the government, such as it remains, found a way to weaponize the zombies and started st- sort of in basically injecting people with the with the virus and basically turning it into an idea where it's you know sort of like suicide soldiers where it's like you're going mm. to die so you may as well take as many people out with you as you possibly can mm-hmm. so it's not like you're just going up against zombies trying to break in you're going up against people zombies that clear that <clears throat> think semi clearly that think semi-tactically, that also know that they're on borrowed time. So they kind of mm-hmm. take more risks than you would think that people normally would. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't be like a siege situation, like in a normal zombie movie, where it's like, well, as long as we can barricade the doors, they'll stay outside. It's like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. We just strap bombs to this dude. He's going to blow up your gate. And then that's how this is going to go, because we're all resigned to the fact that we're going to be dead in like 72 hours. So like, gotcha. come on, men, nobody lives forever. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, That's awesome. Know, yeah, so you've got her, you've got Rose, I would, you know, so you got, you know, you've got kind of, I would bring her back, and then mm-hmm. maybe one other, maybe Freddy Rodriguez, who's kind of her love interest, but outside of that, I would say free and clear casting, the war, you know, kind of for the rest of the rest of the film. So, I would say what I would do is I would have Rose McGowan for his Cherry Darling, and I would have Freddy Rodriguez as Ray, then I would have a... um I would say you need a big bad leader mm-hmm. that they're going to have to defeat. Uh, a couple of his, uh, I would say maybe one or two underlings for him. And then like a field commander that's uh, out there who they'll be encountering most of the most of the movie. And then uh, they encounter the big bad at the end. And then I would do like a weapons expert Mm-hmm. And just you know, and then generally the rest of your fallout stuff. There's a hot guy, hot shot. There's a femme fatale, like beautiful chick that we could. I just want to survive. And then there's you know, then you got to have you know, I think <clears throat> yeah. So I think for the the ones you need to cast would be Big Bad, his underling, um, asshole hot guy, and your weapons expert. Okay. So, so what was the fir- who's the first guy? Big bad. So who is in okay. charge of the of the army quote unquote that is turning these dudes into suicide bombers essentially? <laughs> um, Jeff Bridges. Ooh. <laughs> now are we talking? kindly looking Jeff Bridges so we could do like politician that's like we need to use this to like reset the world right or are we talking bald mean Jeff Bridges <laughs> um I yeah I, yeah I think he should be I think he should be um as I think he should be kind of like a um <laughs> like a mad scientist you know like yeah, this okay, like yeah. crazy like <laughs> this crazy guy like like an Alex Jones like kind of guy like conspiracy theorists oh, like kind of whacked Jeff out bridges play a character with the only motivation of your alex jones would just <laughs> oh my god i think that'd be, be really yeah, that'd be really fun i think he'd have a, <laughs> a good time with insane. it yeah I, okay and, and then who else so his his underling so who's okay. his like guy that's you know 
talking there. He essentially he'd be the dude that they yell at across their wall at, you know, as he's sending guys in where he's like, you only have, you know what I mean? I can do this all day. I've got tons of men that I've abducted. Like I would like, he's the guy. The concept is, is that it's not their military is comprised of, um, not conscript, but forced soldiers. So they, they capture as they go from settlement to settlement, they take the healthy people and they inject them with the thing to mm-hmm. then perpetuate their sort of uh, their military conquest concept. Now, this underling guy, is he cowardly? I would say... I would say a bit. I would say that Jeff Bridges' mad scientist character kind of berates him, and mm-hmm. so that's where he gets strength. Is It's kind of, think about it like an abusive relationship, you know? Like, you know, dad beats the kid, kid goes to school, kid becomes a bully. Like yeah. that kind of thing, you know? Okay. Um... Let me think. James Franco. <laughs> I'm going to edit. Uh-huh. I think Dave would do a better job. Okay, yeah. Just sure. because he can play sort of that sniveling. Like not that James Franco can't, but I think right. that Dave has more of a kind of a and obviously, I don't know this man at all, so this is just <laughs> assumptions. It's the vibe that I get from him sometimes totally. where it's kind of like a, hey, what are we doing, fellas? Like that kind of vibe, you know? Uh-huh. And not in a bad way, but just I feel like he would be more successfully pulling it off. But okay, the oh, Franco no, brothers. Yeah. And then and then you've got your selfish asshole hot guy who in the end that one point for the climax um, opens up part of the wall because like, if we just let him in, they'll leave us alone. It's like, oh, you idiot moron hmm what i do for that um it's a tough one um mm-hmm. it's a weird kind of character to cast yeah um and and this guy is like he's with our main characters like he's with the yeah so he's on he's inside this he's inside the town but he um um yeah, but he's kind of he's selfish essentially at the end. You know, you've always got that one guy that's like, "Well, if we just give them what they want, they'll leave us alone." It's like, mm. Mm, okay, um, could be a girl too. Yeah, that's true. Maybe uh, <laughs> I actually think uh, as you're saying that, I think Rob Hubel would be good at that. <laughs> oh, yep, that yep. Get Rob someone Hubel. who's handsome, but who has like comedic chops. That I think someone you'd want to see get eaten at the end. You know, absolutely. Because he <laughs> plus he also plus Rob Hubel also plays a really good like just dick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that'd be good. Okay, yeah, I'm down. Any Rob Hubel's perfect. And then the last one would be your kind of like weapons expert um, demolition guy. Could be you could go a little. He could be a little crazy, a little like ah, like you know, like maybe he's um, bun through one too many explosions with some of the weapons that he's made. So now he's a little nuts. You could do, um, you know, your big guy that like gets alongside, you know, Cherry Divine at the end, and he's like blowing people away with her, sacrifices himself or um, to keep them alive, kind of thing. Like the last stand. He's the he's essentially the guy that when in the end towards the end of Act Three when they're all inside and it's kind of last, you know, they've only got one more door. It's the hold the door kind of moment. Like you go, I'll hold the door. And they're like, but you're not going to survive. Like, That's okay. Didn't really want to anyway. So 
I yes, that that's a good character. Uh, I actually think I would go with um, I'd go with Aquafina for that. <laughs> Are you? That is so. And she and she's okay. like a uh, like a like a like a um, like a al- almost like a mad scientist, but like for good. Like she's like a weapons demolitions expert who's always tinkering and like making versions yeah. of shit that explodes. You yeah, know exactly. What I mean? <laughs> Like it's gone off in her face one too many times, so she's a little touched in the head. Yeah, you don't maybe quite she's know. missing. She's missing fingers or something. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like big like goggles an and shit. Yeah. But she made a new one. Yeah, and that last scene that you're talking about is like, I'll hold the door. Like maybe she's made some kind of like crazy mech suit. Yeah. Well, this is the beautiful thing. It's a grindhouse movie, dude. So just yeah. go nuts. Like you can get as insane as you want, and people will watch yeah. it and go, "Yes, this is." Good. It's like a mech suit with like chainsaws for hands. I was gonna say. <laughs> suit made out of buzz saws yeah <laughs> i'll hold the door and the chainsaws start revving <laughs> yeah i think like that'd the be sound sick. of the sound of 15 chainsaws powering up at once yeah and she's just kind of like because i think the reason i think aquafina would be good because i think she could do like a because i'd almost want the her like character to be like on speed the, the entire time oh that's a great that's like her mode character motivation <laughs> yeah she just takes like the last little like the last she's like well seems like good a time as any and just shoves a mouthful of speed <laughs> yeah yeah, like her. Yeah, I think How that'd be funny. Oh, and then you could go into the sequence where she's cutting all these guys apart, but she's on so much speed, everything around her is in slow motion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Plus, then it because it's in slow motion, then you can show the gore that a grindhouse movie is expected mm-hmm. to have. Oh, mm-hmm. that's good. Yep. I'll hold the door. Slam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that'd be great. Oh, that would be fun. All right. Well, you got a title. We should make this. I know, um, right? <laughs> uh, it would in true grindhouse fashion. It would have to be like Planet Terror Two. Yeah, of course. Um, they come at night or something like that. You <laughs> yeah, know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, that Planet I mean, that, Terror that's Two. Great. Don't leave Rob Hubel alone. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Well, that that sounds great. I'd watch that. Yeah. I'd, yeah. All right. It's what I thought um, when I opened up my cabinet last night. Oh, it's so funny. I was rifling through my DVDs and AJ, uh-huh. and AJ was like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, I'm looking through movies because Asan and I are doing this thing for the podcast. She's like, <laughs> research. Oh. Yeah, exactly. She said, oh, okay. I was like, yeah, it's research. Like, But I opened up my cabinet and the first movie that I saw was because we're kind of jumbled up because we're going to – I just shoved them in a cabinet we moved in and we're going to be moving so I can get a bookshelf and put them out. First mm-hmm. one I opened up was just Planet Terror like right there in my face and I went, yep, that's going on yep. the list for sure. Yep. Um, all right. My Hit next me. movie is, uh, uh, a franchise we both love, uh, the Rush Hour franchise. Oh, you're letting me cast a Rush Hour movie? <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. So, um, Rush Hour 4 is, uh, we are now, you know, 15, 20 years past last Rush Hour. James Carter. Um, what happened in Rush Hour 3? They were in Paris, right? Yeah, I saw it, it once and it was terrible. And I yeah, just went, I don't, I'm bummed out that you made yeah, this movie. It, it wasn't great. Uh, it was I'm just, I mean, up. it was like, yeah, it was like a typical rush hour. There's an international terrorist or art thief or something, and we've got to stop him. That I think that's literally what it was. There was like an international art thief or something. After an attempted assassination on Ambassador Han, Lee and Carter head to Paris to protect a French woman with knowledge of the triad's secret leaders. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so Rush Hour 4 is essentially, you know, another Rush Hour movie. But uh, James Carter uh, is now the um, the he now works for the Secret Service okay. uh, protecting the president. He's like uh, the president's like he's on eagle detail. Uh, so he protects the president. Yeah, he's let's like, use his, ridiculous terms because this is a comedy <laughs> movie based yes, out of the 90s. Yes. Like done. Uh, so he's like the president's like main protector or whatever. Um, and Jackie Chan's character, uh, uh, Detective Inspector Lee, is now retired, um, living as a beloved, you know, you know, patriot to, you know, his homeland and stuff. So he's just retired, like living on a beach, you know, you know, living the good life, you know, doing yoga and whatnot. Um, Everybody in the neighborhood knows him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, kind of how Jackie Chan's real life is. <laughs> um, yeah, basically how he lives now. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so what happens is the American president is kidnapped um, in in under the dark of night. Uh, and uh, basically, uh, James Carter works at the Secret Service. The head of the CIA is basically one. He's not the villain of the movie, but he's an antagonist to, uh, to um, uh, James Carter. He's uh uh he's basically thinks that like the like James Carter and James Carter is played by um um Chris Tucker for yes. those who don't know this oh, yeah, these original name. we're gonna go back to the original for sure yeah so uh his uh <laughs> so basically he thinks that Carter's whole career he's been a loose cannon and he's he, he this is not the way we do things we don't do things the old fashioned way all rogue and playing we play by the rules here CIA like things are more complicated in the world than than you kind of people understand like you cops and you know what i mean like we're the cia we we know intelligence and whatnot you know what i mean glorified (laughs) babysitters we're the cia yeah Yeah, exactly so um so basically they don't release to the public that the president's been kidnapped um they're basically going to like negotiate and try to see if they can get the president back um and so this is being all being kept hush hush and essentially the cia guys like look the president, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Uh, the president, he's a, he's gone. We just need to figure out what to do next and how to you know how to move forward or whatever. Um, and James Carter is like, absolutely not. Like, I don't play by the rules. That guy's my friend. It's my sworn duty to protect him. I'm gonna go get him back. Uh, and the president was was kidnapped by this like underground group of like multinational criminals who want to hold him for ransom or whatever. And James Carter's like, no, I'm gonna go. I'm me. I'm gonna do what I always do, and I'm gonna not play by the rules. And I'm gonna go get the president back for my country. Blah 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 blah. So he asks Jackie Chan to come out of retirement and okay. go on this secret mission with him. I like this. And and basically. Basically, they go to where, uh, you know, he's being held in this remote jungle, you know, in Southeast Asia somewhere. Uh, and so they basically go to where he's being held as and they're posing as like tech billionaires on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and during their stay, they're trying to find where the president's being held all while, you know, because they can't just go in on some government, you know, operation, you know, military force style. Like it just it, it'll, it'll blow wide open. It'll blow wide open and everyone right. will know about it. So they're like, we got to go undercover. So we're tech billionaires uh, from Silicon Valley on vacation in Thailand or wherever. to a hilarious shopping yes. montage of Tucker <laughs> yeah. trying to outfit Lee with like, no, 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 no. Because that was a really funny <laughs> moment with um, Jeremy Piven in Rush Hour 2. Yes. Where he comes out as the like, <laughs> what is he? He looks at, uh, he looks at Chris Tucker and I don't, 
I don't know why I always thought this. He's like, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking crocodile buttercream, crocodile buttercream, crocodile buttercream. I'm going to put a dead animal on you. It's so good. Yeah, let's get a dead animal on you. Dude, his cameo in that movie is just, it's like, I don't know why it's you, but like, it's perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. And okay. so that's like the thing, like, and they're basically, and I just thought of this wrinkle right now, maybe they're hoping, maybe the, the criminal organization that took the president is like looking for like a new software engineer, like a new coder to like for their organization. So like, that's, they're hoping to get like, like when they get to the Island on vacation, they're hoping word spreads that they're these, you know, tech billionaires and they're like the best coders on the planet or yeah. whatever. <laughs> and then that's their way into the organization to try to find the president. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. And then hilarious ensues and and whatnot uh and jackie chan is doing the you know the um the danny glover thing about i'm retired i'm too old for this and (laughs) but he's still badass because it's jackie chan because jackie Uh, chan come on yep i like yeah and uh originally my thought was you know what no i'll let you cast it so the care i'll let you cast it and then i'll tell you you my original idea that's what we're doing today yep uh, so uh, you basically need to cast the only character you really need to cast are the pres is the president and um, the leader of like the the criminal organization. Okay, I'm gonna do you one better. Okay, I'm gonna do you a few better. Okay. So, mm. and the uh, I'm sorry, and the um, the head of the CIA. Oh, I already got you, buddy. Gotcha. Go ahead. As you were talking, I already put down in my notes: head of CIA, president. Big bad of the of the bad guys. Yep. And uh, I'm also going to throw another character in there that you didn't talk about. Ooh. Fun lady agent on the inside. Yeah, because of course you need because that. of course. All right, ready for this? Yep. Okay, head of the CIA, Kurt Russell. <laughs> I like it. I like because it a lot. I'm casting this movie, and yep. Kurt Russell is my man. Um, the president, which should be the president, he should be the president always. And why yep. he's not always the president in movies, I don't understand. Bruce Greenwood. <laughs> yeah. Because Bruce that man Greenwood. is just, he just has a presidential air and look about him. Yeah, he's great. Um, <clears throat> head of the big bads, Danny Trejo. Ooh, I like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. I got you because he's good. He can do the comedy. He can do the act. You know what I mean? Yep. Fun lady on the inside. Now, here is my... Depending on how you want to go. So I'm basing it off of kind of the way that they did it with um, like there's always a love interest that the two of the that Tucker and well, uh, Lee and um, Carter, Carter, Lee and Carter always kind of butt heads over. Yeah. So it depends on kind of what you want to do. But my two options for agent on the inside would be Michelle Yeoh mm-hmm. or Gabrielle Union. Yep. I think so, that'd be great. Yeah. Either one of those. Um, yeah. So that would be my that would be my casting casting choice. Cool. Um, yeah. When I had the idea, uh, the the villain I had just to make the conversation interesting, uh, I had that uh, he would be the president would be held in a jungle in Thailand and the leader would be Tony Jaa. <gasps> oh, and we could have then, a Tony then you could ja, get a Tony ja, Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan fight team. OK, you know what? <laughs> maybe that's a little bit. Maybe that's a little bit better. Ooh. No, I know, I know who it is. I know who we should not just Tony Jaw. It's um, uh, what's his face from um, ah, it's like the best martial arts action movie ever. Um, The Raid. Oh, um, Iko Uwais. Okay, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
yeah, he's great, but he would be dope to yep. go up or against. Do, or um, Donnie Yen. I mean, you know. Do- How about all three of them? Yeah, exactly. A martial arts super team. And we'll throw Jet Li in there for as a good side. So it's Jackie Chan and Jet Li fighting yeah. the three up and coming dudes that are taking over their legacy in a good way. Yeah. I might add. Cool. Yeah, sounds good. Well, all yeah, right. that sounds like a fun movie. And yeah, we can I, all I forget that Rush Hour 3 exists. Yes, exactly. All right. Well, what's your next movie? All right. Well, this is a throwback. If we're doing 90s. Uh-huh. We're going to throw it way, way back mm-hmm. to the to the year 1999. Okay. It's 1999. Mm-hmm. There is a little-known superhero movie that comes out called yep. Mystery Men. Mm. Are you familiar? I'm very familiar. Okay, good. It's yep. one of my absolute, like, best movie you've never seen kind of things. I love um, that movie. <clears throat> right? So this one, again, isn't too, too complicated like the Planet Terror one that I had. Um, so the, what I would do is that the, the Mystery Men, after defeating um, Casanova Frankenstein, played by <laughs> Jeffrey Rush, yep. have ushered in – they're the new heroes of the city, right? And maybe they've gone yep. off and they've branched off and instead of all – they've all gotten very confident. So instead of keeping a super team in one city, they've all kind of gone off and done their own stuff. Like maybe you know, uh, the, sh- the shoveler played by William H. Macy, he's kind of gone back to his family, hung up his shovel, and now he's just repairs potholes in the town. And yeah. people are like, oh, yeah, that used to be the shoveler. And he like takes like selfie photos of people. And he's like, yeah, I got gotcha. you. Like, remember that one time that I was a superhero? This is great. I'm a father now. And this is how, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've got, you know, they've all like some of them have retired. Um, I would say that the one that would that hasn't retired would be Hank Azaria's character, the Blue Raja. Mm-hmm. Um, he has um, he has stayed on as the hero of the city and mm-hmm. is kind of and not not 100 percent beloved, but he's gone a little bit more dark. He's more of like a Batman character now where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, he kind of lives in the shadows and, you know, he's a little bit more mysterious and he's not as lovable as the others because the toll of fighting crime for, you know, 20 years has really taken, you know, it's really put him in a kind of a darker mental space. And so, but he starts finding these clues coming together that the, um, the disco boys led by Tony P played by Eddie Izzard and, uh, Tony C played by Pros Mitchell, Michael are coming back and they're on the rise. And so this rash of crime is now because the, these two guys mm-hmm. that they thought had died and they thought defeated have been taking over the city kind of like the two new kingpins. Right. So his mm-hmm. job is to get the team back together and, um, and uh, for what kind of one last ride kind of thing. And so they get the team back together and uh, yeah, and they go to defeat the Disco Boys. But you find out that the Disco Boys aren't exactly the like they are funded by an even um, an even larger threat. And so it's a it's a lot bigger than you could possibly imagine kind of thing. And so they mm-hmm. get a. um yeah, so they get together and uh, and uh, they have to find a new weapons guy uh, who was who was played by Tom White, Tom Waits in the first one in the mm-hmm. original, like, the original like this one's ever gonna get made. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. My own hubris and brain was just like, mm, no, 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 I'm with no. it. <laughs> Check it at the door, son. Um, 
yeah, Tom Waits played the original Doc Heller, so he gave them all like the weapons and the gear and stuff like that originally and taught them how to be. So basically what you would do is you'd be looking for – so what I would do is you've got Blue Raja, Hank Azaria, Bowler played by Janine Garofalo, Shoveler from William H. Macy. I would like to see if we get Kel Mitchell back as Invisible Boy, but he's kind of disappeared, so mm-hmm. we'll see. That's a – let's put an asterisk next to that. You've got mm-hmm. Spleen played by Paul Rubens. And then Furious, a.k.a. Roy, played by Ben Stiller, who mm-hmm. I think would be hilarious as sort of his deal is he's retired from fighting crime and now he's an anger management counselor. Because <laughs> yeah. his first character, movie, he, that's his powers, he would just get really pissed off. And so now he's been in anger and now he leads like anger management group counseling, mm-hmm. um, like a home for people that are or uh, like a church. So he's like, come to Jesus. And he's an anger man. He's just this pastel sweater wearing like, hey, guys, really nice to see you. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> yeah. um, so half the movie, they're trying to get him really pissed off. But he's just like, oh, I don't do that anymore. It's OK. Yeah. Um, so be really what funny. you would do is I would need. But obviously, we'd need to bring up some hilarious where they get together and they're like, okay, we're a little older. We don't really quite have the chops. So the casting for you Mm -hmm. would be, I need three new heroes that could Mm -hmm. be cameos or legitimate casting decisions, if you would like. Okay. And I would also want to know what their ridiculous powers are. Because keep in mind, the Blue Raja throws cutlery like Batman throws batarangs. Jean <laughs> yeah. Garofalo's character, Bowler, has the head of her dead dad inside her bowling ball and the go- and his ghost uses it like a missile, like a heat-seeking missile uh, yeah. for recall and stuff. I- Invisible Boy is can only be invisible as long as no one's looking at him. Yeah. The spleen has farts that can incapacitate you. And Roy just gets pissed off. Yeah. So those are your, those are the power. So what three people would you cast? You don't have to come up with names for them. You can if you'd like to. Okay. But I need three new heroes, younger style heroes that they can put in that have, and what three ridiculous powers you would add to augment Mm. those powers. Okay. And any questions that you have too, I'm hyper familiar with this movie because it's one of my favorite movies of all time. So if you have any questions of the world or whatever, let me know and I can help you if you need, you know, a little bit of guidance, you know, nudges here and there. So, okay. Um, I think I would go with um, Andrew Garfield as a character. Maybe he's called like the puzzler or something like that, or like something like that, <laughs> where his, his power is <laughs> he can make like Rube Goldberg like contraptions that like, oh. That okay. thwart that thwart crime, but okay. like he always needs like he always needs like hours and hours advance notice of crime. <laughs> He's constantly carrying a giant backpack full of stuff, like yeah. string and like springs, golf yeah. balls. So he, he's. <laughs> So whereas like you could just have like a big stick and walk up and intimidate someone, he's like, no, that's not how I do it. <laughs> that's not my style. Subtlety. He's like, it's I'm all about subtlety. Yeah, exactly. I'm cerebral. It has to look like an accident. And it's all these like really elaborate like <laughs> you see you see the, the the dominoes knock over the coffee cup, which in turn knocks over the sword, which then knock you know what I mean? Like it's just like Oh god, <laughs> dude, at the big fight at the end, they can be like, We could really use your help. Almost there. I'm almost yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. The entire time he's not fighting anyway, he's just building this thing. 
Yeah. So I'm thinking like, yeah, Andrew Garfield, like the way he looks oh. as like nerdy Peter Parker, like with glasses and that stuff like that. That would be perfect. He's, oh, could we yeah. dress him in a tweed suit with a bowler hat? Like for just because he's British? <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Like, I'm the puzzler. You're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Why? What is that? <laughs> what? Who? What? What's your, what? You do what yeah. now? <laughs> okay. I like that. Andrew Garfield is the puzzler. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it um let's see his intro would be hilarious too <laughs> yeah yep um, like he's trying to give it like no that was an axe he's like no no that was me i'm yeah. the puzzler and they're like no i, I don't think you <laughs> yeah <laughs> um let's see maybe um ooh, maybe kumail nanjiani as like this guy who's like the illusionist like he's like a, <laughs> he claims to be like a like this. he claims to be like a sorcerer supreme, but he just does like sleight of hand magic <laughs> for kids' birthday parties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and that's like, and he wants to use it to fight crime. Uh, uh, yep. So he's like he's like the master of like distraction. Like that's what he it, that's what, it, like diversion, like creating a diversion. Yes. But it's like birthday party tricks. There's <laughs> like guys trying to rob a bank. He's like, sure, I'll get you the money, but first pick a card like that type of stuff yeah oh my god and then like at one point like when they're trying to get like the big bat like a group of guys distracted he's like he's like i'll do it he's like starts riding a like unicycle like juggling like bowling pins he's like hey look at me look over yeah. here <laughs> yeah uh and then i would do like a um let me see i'm trying to think the last person who i would cast for this um Maybe like I'm trying to think of a young female. Um, I could do it. <laughs> um, hmm. Maybe like in Aubrey Plaza type or something like that. Okay. But okay. there's another character called Songbird, and okay. her power is like. It's like a take on like um <laughs> like her ability she claims that you know I have the you know this piercing uh shriek where like I my the notes that I sing resonate so beautifully that it like renders people unable to listen to it. Yeah, it can like, like break glass and like shake yeah. like metal doors off their hinges and stuff. Yeah. Okay. But so really she claims she, that, but what's the reality? Yeah, but really she's just a bad singer and she sings so badly that people can't handle it. <laughs> But at a volume that they're like, yeah, ah. yeah. they're just like, oh, the notes are so bad. <laughs> Why would you do this to people? Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, she's called Songbird. Yeah, Songbird. those are, so those I love are the three. It. Oh, my God. I love it. That's perfect. That's a perfect, like, addition to that sequel. Oh, it's so good. Okay. So dope. I love the puzzler just as, like, yeah. so useless. Like just so useless. <laughs> hey man, can you like almost there? Give me one like, second. For his intro, like there's this whole long sequence, like like of of stuff happening. This whole thing, and then he like, and then it all goes to just trigger like a smoke effect that like he comes out from behind. But it was like this two minute sequence of like mechanisms to make that happen, <laughs> and they're like. Like wh- how he? How did you do that? He's like, I've been here for a week building that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there's no like, there's no magic to it. It's just a lot oh. of time and dedication, you know. Seriously. Oh, on that level too, you could have this thing where like they're like they're gonna stop a crime, and you see the guys like that are gonna rob the bank or whatever. 
they get a they get like one phone call and they're like it's like they're very concerned it's like the leader of the gang's like my kid's in the hospital i i got i gotta go and they're like they're like He's like, I foiled them. And they're like, what? no, he got bad news. Like, no, no. And then it Sherlock Holmes style goes back to it goes three weeks ago. And you've been watching him slowly like stalk this dude. <laughs> like, yeah. Setting things in motion that like, just like, I feel like you could have just gone in there and you have a, you have a cane. You could just hit them with the cane and they'll yeah. probably just stop. Ah. But that wouldn't be the puzzler's way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that'd be really funny. That's a funny character. I, um, I also would like the character motivation of Kamil Nanjiani. Like, he constantly is trying to prove himself to this super <laughs> team. But every time he does, it's always like, that's... Like, you got... Ben Stiller would deliver the perfect, like... That's all. That's it? That's all you got? <laughs> yeah. Kids' birthday yeah. tricks. It's like, yes, but applied in the correct like situation. Like, okay, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, that would be good. I like yeah. that. Puzzler, All right, puzzler, <laughs> the puzzler, and, the- and what was Camille? Oh, the illusionist. The illusionist. Yes, puzzler, <laughs> yeah. songbird, and the illusionist. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. Um. All right, I think you're going to like my next one because uh, this is a franchise we both uh, love and is dear to our hearts. Okay. Um, the Mummy franchise. Oh, now you did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did we Do we have crossover? Did you no. do The Mummy as well? Okay. No. So far, we have zero crossover on our list. Yep. I'm very happy about this. <laughs> so The Mummy 4. Um, in the third mummy, we introduced the well. In the second mummy, we introduced the the O'Con- O'Connells have a son. Um, in the third movie, he's like a, an adult now, and that movie takes place in the forties when they take on the Dragon Emperor. This movie is takes place maybe like five and years. Yeti. Yes, five to ten years after that movie, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so it's now in the fifties, like in the mid fifties. Um, Rick O'Connell and. Um, uh, what's the wife's name? What's uh, her character's name? Uh, Rachel God. Weiss's character. Rachel Weiss's character. I forget um, her name. I. Yeah, hold on. Uh, what is Jonathan and Jonathan's her brother, Evie. Yeah. Evie, yes. Yes. So Rick I'm and I'm surprised Eve- we didn't remember. They scream her name so much in that movie. I know. Evie! Evelyn! So, Evie! <laughs> yeah. So Rick and Evelyn O'Connell uh, have since retired from like the 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 traveling and the uh, the treasure hunting and now are like she's like the the president of like some you know universe of Oxford or something Ooh. yeah and he's and he's like a retired kind of like just spends his days like hunting and drink and drinking whiskey and whatnot on his giant estate somewhere in the English countryside mm-hmm. um, the son has now become like the treasure hunter he's now like in his thirties and um, he's he goes back to Egypt they they vowed that they're never going back to egypt they're like uh we've you know we don't need that's a chapter of our life that's now closed we now are just passing on our knowledge whatever so but the son's like no i i think i feel called to go back it's in my blood you know Mm -hmm. so he goes there on his own with his like his like team or whatever and he uh accidentally uh awakens an ancient egyptian scribe like religious priest guy who's like a slime ball he's like a <laughs> like he's like a he's like a basically like ancient egyptian benny he like he like lives to serve like the the greek gods and or the greek gods egyptian gods and mm-hmm. uh uh and so what that guy does is he's like 
he he goes out and ventures out into 1950s Egypt and it's now like you know modern Egypt so there's like the you know there's a pyramid of Giza right next to a bunch of houses and and just like baseball and like he's like what is this you know what I mean he's like yeah what has Egypt become you know and he's like he's like uh my masters would would not appreciate this and so he's like I'm basically gonna return you know he he was a guy who was a guy who was not respected in his day of ancient Egypt and was just kind of abused by the gods and he's like well if I can you know resurrect them and return Egypt to its ancient glory then they'll maybe they'll respect me so he like is he's a spineless little weakling yeah spent a lot of time on forums and now he wants to make (laughs) wants to make egypt great again yes exactly uh so he um he basically one by one is resurrecting these ancient Greek. Uh, I keep saying Greek, ancient Egyptian gods, and uh, we can go Greek gods if you want. <laughs> yeah, that would I be know, kind right? Of fun. <laughs> uh, so like one by one, like Horus and um, Anubis. Uh, keep and, going. I want to see how many Egyptian gods you know. <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot, but uh, uh, so maybe so. Like yeah, he's going like one by one. So it's like it's Horus, Anubis. Maybe there's one more, and then Sekhmet. the fight. Yeah, the final one that they're uh, that he wants that he hopes to resurrect is Ra, who's like the sun god. And Ra, if Ra is resurrected, he will wield the power of the sun and scorch humanity from Earth. And so, like, they can't let that happen. But he has to resurrect the gods, kind of one by one, because they're like tiered. He needs the power of each god to resurrect the next higher god type gotcha. thing. Um, but what he does in his in the the spell that awoke in him also awoken uh, other figures uh, in the same tier as him around Egypt. Uh, so it resurrected uh, <laughs> it resurrected uh, Isis, the goddess Isis, who is like, she was the goddess of helping people get to the afterlife. Right. So in my movie, her, char- her character ends up helping the humans because she doesn't want humanity like to be scorched. Like she wants... You know, she, you know, her, her inclination is her compel, her compulsion is to help humanity or whatever. So that's like, she ends up teaming up with, with, uh, the O'Connells and, uh, but he also resurrects, uh, Benny, <laughs> Uh, yeah. and yes, Benny, he does, but because of course, but, yeah, but now Benny is like this undead kind of like zombie Benny. So he still has his personality, but like his fingers are falling off and whatnot. Like, so you get some physical humor out of that. <laughs> um, and so basically the O'Connells are like, we've, you know, we've only ever, ta- we've only ever fought against, you know, l- the lowest tier, you know, Egyptian gods, which are basically humans who become godlike in the afterlife. We've never taken on proper Egyptian gods. We're going to need some help. So what they right. do is they, they resurrect uh, Emotep and Anaxinamun and are like, look, the the guys that you were afraid of are back, so we need your help, basically. Uh, and then they also resurrect the Scorpion King to make a oh, cameo. We're just bringing them all back. <laughs> yeah, to make it probably not for the whole movie, but maybe as a cameo, The Rock shows up. I think that'd be cool. Um, Walks up, winks, finger guns, then just yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And so it's that that team um, versus the the pantheon of gods trying to stop them from resurrecting um the sun god Ra. So basically you would need to cast um yeah the 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 new god pantheon uh so like maybe three so like maybe do Anubis um Isis okay. let me write and, these down. Yeah Anubis Anubis Isis Isis and um the third one was um Horus 
and who has like the 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 owl head, mm-hmm. and then and then maybe you can cast a Ra, the sun god. Well, actually, Horus is a falcon, but okay. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and then and then Ra, the sun god, and then um and then you need to cast the um the slime ball high priest guy. Slime ball high priest. Okay. Yeah, and if you want to recast the O'Connell son, you could do that too. That's kind of what I was, I was thinking because I looked up the the kid that originally played him and. His acting chops are not gotten better. Great, yeah. So you can recast uh, him uh, too. All right. Chuka 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 chuka. What do you think? Oh, I've got lots of thoughts. <laughs> um, okay. Okay, um, I'm on a list of upcoming, up-and-coming British male actors right here because I just want to go with somebody that for the for the son I feel like it would go a lot better to have somebody that isn't really well known, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, or maybe like vaguely recognizable, like from yes. TV or something. Yes, 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 yeah, yes, yes. That'd yes. be good. Um, but it, I'm trying to find one that has the O'Connell look real quick. Yeah, no problem. Um, so give me like couple more minutes but i think i have there's so many british actors to choose so from so many and they're coming over here and taking all our jobs yeah and and this guy should probably be like a believable kind of screw up like cuz he's kind of like overzealous about the treasure hunting the way rick o'connell was when he was a, a young lad because this guy has to accidentally start the apocalypse, you know? <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> um, so he can't look like he has his stuff together too much. Well, I feel like that would be a lot of... Uh, um, uh, makeup and costuming mm-hmm. and just growing out facial hair in general. Yeah. And performance. It's got to be someone who's like believably... Right. You might not want to cast Daniel Craig, is what I'm saying. No, no. Like I was like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> or Dan Stevens, or yeah. just any British Dan doesn't really sound like it's gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, you know who I would do? Okay, I'm ready. I would cast. Where to go? Where to go? Where to go? I think I would do. Jack Loudon. Jack Loudon. Who is that? Dunkirk. Jack Loudon. How do you uh, spell it? L-O-W-D-E-N. No, how do you spell Jack? I'm just kidding. Uh, (laughs) Let's see Jack Loudon. Okay. Yeah. uh, Jack Jack Loudon? He kind of looks like the the guy from the third. uh, Yeah, that's kind of what I was going for. Yeah, no. Yeah, I think he looks good. I think he could do it. Yeah, it's, I mean, depending on you know his you know stuff, but if he was in Dunkirk and a couple, you know, and he starred he starred opposite a bunch of different people. Um, yeah, you know, he yeah, did Mary no, Queen of Scots. He was in the Saoirse Ronan interest, love interest in Mary Queen of Scots, and mm. so he, yeah, yeah, is cool. Um, fighting with my family so yeah i feel like he would uh, oh yeah that's where i that's where i know him from he's the like one of the main characters in fighting with my family yeah exactly that's where i know him from okay yeah, yeah no, i haven't be seen good. that movie which i really want to it's fun um, it's a fun fine family movie you know uh nick frost is in it he's very funny oh he's always a good time 
Yeah, um, no, it's good. Okay, so Slimeball High Priest. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. Let me think. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, they've got to be funny. I'm thinking my, yeah, I, I was thinking of my. And they've got to be choice. somebody that has acting chops that could bounce off of undead Benny. Yes, as well. So that's where I get that. That makes it a little tricky because it's kind of specific. Plus, I also don't want to go the normal route that has happened over. Oh, you know, the hundreds, the hundred years that uh, movies have been around, and go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Middle Eastern people will cast white people in that role. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm like already kind of limiting myself on that level totally which i don't want to but also it's the right thing to do so yeah it is um oh real quick for raw let's do um gerard butler okay and because we can tan him up and make him look middle eastern i'm kidding i'm totally kidding <laughs> yeah for those of you that haven't seen uh gods of egypt do yourself a mm-hmm. favor and um just get ready for one of the worst movies ever made yeah. Um, Can I tell you who who my pick for that for yeah. for the the yeah because that the might steer me in a way guy. kind of in a direction that you're kind of you're thinking. So my mind goes to uh, Jason Manzukis for that role, the slimeball high priest. Yeah, you are a. I bow to you, sir. Like hats <laughs> off, man. That's yeah. They put a house next to the pier. What is happening? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just have him screaming with indignation through the entire film. Yeah. Oh, that would be good. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay, so let me do this. I'm going to do this, but I'm going to go. I think, oh, you know who would be good to play as sort of the benevolent? Who do you see as more? uh, Well, Ra should be a big bad. So that should be somebody that's got some some weight to it, some gravitas Mm -hmm. um, to their acting. Yeah. well, we could just have Ben Kingsley play all the roles because he can play, you know, anything. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> this is, guys, if you're listening, this is how my brain works. It doesn't actually help me. It always goes like, what is the worst decision for this kind of situation? Right. Um, so for Anubis, I would do. And Anubis is, it would probably be a CGI. So it'd be a voice actor. A voice most actor. Likely. Yeah. Because he has the head of a dog. <laughs> Toby Kebble. Toby Kebble's great. I would have I'd pick Toby Kebble to do the mocap okay. and the voice for Anubis. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me think. Now, for the character who who is not mocapped out of the the gods that you listed? Um, the only one that's uh, so Ra could potentially not be mocapped, and I think okay. it'd be better if he wasn't. And okay. then um, Isis would not be mocapped, but Horus would okay. probably be mocapped as so, well. So, honestly, just because this is the way that Hollywood works, if we're doing big budget and we're going to do it, obviously Anubis and Horus mm-hmm. for the mocap stuff would mm-hmm. be. I would do Toby Kebble and um, <gasps> Gollum. Oh, um, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. I would do those two because they're doing the mo. They, or you know, or somebody from their camp. You know, Andy Circus's mm-hmm. mocap acting um, mm-hmm. deal. Or, you know, who would be good for, good for Anubis or Horace? Doug Jones. Mm, yeah, 
Because then you don't good. have to do mocap. You could <laughs> you can slap him in some prosthetics and do it in real in res, which would I be know, awesome. Right? Um, yeah. So for raw, I was actually thinking because you need that kingly kind of stuff, and you would want to go a little bit younger as opposed to my initial thought was my brain would be like go old, go old man to bring you know the mm-hmm. weight of it. But I go no, this is a god. The age mm-hmm. and time has nothing. They're perfect and they look great. Mm-hmm. So I'd go Dev Patel. That'd be cool as raw because he has that sort of bearing and that kind of nobility to him that he can bring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that he would be, you know, he'd kind of add that gravitas to the sort of like, I am raw. It's like, yeah, you are. Mm-hmm. Um, now ISIS. Hmm. What do I do for ISIS? <sighs> I'm so out of touch with like the up and coming like actors right now. Yeah. I've been watching a bunch of the same stuff. Um, ISIS, Middle Eastern. How big of a role does this person play? Um, pr- I mean, pretty big, I would say, because uh, um, they, she's like the one go between between like the our main characters team and the other gods. Like, she's the one who's going to be like, you know, giving them insight onto how to like take on these gods. You know. Gotcha. So it's a pretty, it's a pretty, it's a so sizable. She'll be running around with them, but she won't be. Okay, okay, I got yeah. you, I got you. Okay. Also, well then- uh, another choice for Raw, just uh, and also to consider, uh, Rami Malik would be good as Raw. Rami Malik would always be, yeah. He's, and he's actually yeah. Egyptian, which is which is uh, another upside. Yeah, that's actually better because he is Egyptian. Um, I forgot about him. I'm so sorry. Where's no, my brain today? No, that's why um, we're doing okay, this on the fly. So ISIS, she's up and coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you will know her by her face more than her name. Okay. Um, let me see if I got the right one. Claudia Domit or Domit, D-O-U-M-I-T. I'm not sure if I'm uh, mm-hmm. pronouncing that correctly. She was the voice, mocap, and face for Farah on uh, the new Call of Duty. Oh, okay. Yeah. She'd be great. I would set her as as ISIS. Just because I, she was in the boys season two, which yeah, she was like the uh, the congresswoman, right? Yep, yes, she gotcha. was the congresswoman, and that's all we can say about that before we destroy spoilers for some people. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I like her. I've seen her in a couple other things. Um, I like her. I like her stuff, and I like her look, and I feel like she would be, you know, with the right uh, costuming and everything, like she would be done up as kind of a, you know, because again, like these are gods, you know, like they're yeah, totally they're supposed to be young and hot, and unless you're Anubis, and then you're like, I have the head of a jackal. Yeah. And, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I think that sounds great. Yeah. Uh, so that's great casting choices. All That's right. what I would do. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Right. Cool. What's your uh, next movie? Uh, so my last three mm-hmm. that I picked, and we don't have to use all of them for time, mm-hmm. obviously, but the mm-hmm. they're fairly basic, straightforward. The two that I have are fairly basic, straightforward stuff. Okay, um, we can do them like lightning round fashion. Yeah, if you let's want. do that because my last yeah. three I could do lightning round, and they don't take a lot of like. If, if I, once I say the title, people pretty much and you will pretty much go, "Oh yeah, I know how that sequel is going to roll out." You know? Yeah, um, go for it. Hit me with. So, uh, so you know, let, maybe let's do your three in a row, and then we'll do my last three in a row lightning round. Boom! Style. Sounds let's good. Let's do it. Um, okay, so I would like to see a sequel to the another Neil Blomkamp movie, Elysium. 
Okay. And I would like to see it sort of the story is Matt Damon has um, – they've gotten free health care for everybody, but the uh, the rich are pushing back. And this maybe takes place like a couple months later, and so there's been this mm-hmm. growing thing where they don't want the playing field to be level as – evidenced by the fact that they built a space station utopia where they didn't let the poor people up there. So, you know, even though they could just fix everything. Um, Mm -hmm. So it would be sort of be Matt Damon's character. And then I'd flush out a couple of the other characters that didn't die in the movie um, Mm -hmm. to kind of bolster up sort of the, um, you know, bolster up the, uh, the acting and, um, you know, and sort of the, his team that he, that he gets and goes up against, you know, the military, the, the military that's because, um, you know, if they plugged everybody's DNA into the into Elysium, like the rich aren't just going to be OK with that. It's like not just like, oh, well, you beat us. Right. Good job. And so I think it would be a there would be a, a battle back and forth between they've mm-hmm. taken a section of Elysium and now they're trying to spread out into it. They just wanted that one section for healthcare for people, but the rich and the military that live on that are really clamping down. And so it's more of a fight for your rights, kind of like don't let them win, Um, you know, all in this together. Like everybody deserves this kind of like what we're dealing with right now. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Uh, Maybe everybody shouldn't have all the wealth and power. Hmm. What a weird concept. Um, But yeah. So I think it, that's, I mean, it's a sequel that writes itself. It's fairly straightforward. Matt yeah. Damon's going to be in an exosuit. He's going to, you know, or he dies, doesn't he? I don't remember if he died. Maybe he did. I'm going to Google. Yeah, Google. I don't remember. It's been a while. Matt Damon die. Elysium. That's how I'm Googling that. <laughs> that's the only way to, to Google that, right? Yup. Okay, yeah, he does die at the end. Gotcha. Um, so I would set a new team, um, okay. like bring back some other people that did live, and then um, set up like a new team of people that are like champion. Like he's turned into this, you know, in the in the um, I'm going to use this term, and I don't mean it, like the poor section of Elysium. Yeah. Let's mm-hmm. say the Earth controlled section of Elysium. That sounds so much better. Um, <laughs> like logos and visages of him have been spray painted on the walls, and like we mm-hmm. remember, you know, he's been turned into this, like, you know, you know, like you know, person, you know, figure of the people, you know, like yeah. never forget what he did, never forget what he gave us. And so it's like a, it's a new generation or new, not a new generation of people. And so it's like, you know, you have these stories of like, Oh man, I watched him. I watched, you know, him max lift up a tank one time and throw like stuff that never actually happens. So he's become this giant, like folk hero kind of thing for in the mm-hmm. future. And so it's these, these people instead of that kind of have this opportunity of like, instead of, us just sitting here trying to hold our one section. What if we leveled the playing field and turned all of Elysium and opened up all of Elysium for everybody? Mm-hmm. Like, let's just get it done. And so that's the movie. So it's like a mix of like an action with a heist and, um, you know, gunfights. And then there's, you know, a fist fight at the end and who knows, maybe exosuits and stuff like that. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. So that's what, that's what I would do. Um, team. Let's say a three or four man team. Or three or four woman team. Yeah. Um, Let's just say you have to pick uh, one movie star to like anchor the cast. Yeah, one movie star to anchor the cast. Mm-hmm. Who would you pick? Um, say so who's due for a movie like that? Um, 
let's see who is due for a movie like that you know what what's his name um from the boys um jack quaid i think would be good oh okay not the direction i thought you were gonna go but i like it yeah i like him he's good yeah he seems like a a man he's good at playing like kind of like a man of the people kind of guy he's one of those dudes i'm like you need to be in more things but i'm glad you're not because then it would ruin you like having chris pratt and everything now yep yeah Um, totally yeah cool so yeah that sounds good what's your uh what's your next one my next one is um battle los angeles okay because that's one of those movies i go the first one was not great it wasn't terrible Mm -hmm. but it wasn't great it was kind of like you needed to spend a little bit more time on it i feel like to make it truly truly good uh plus the fact that it didn't really have a whole lot of star power in it doesn't really like at the time doesn't really quite like anchor it um visual effects are very fun i like the setting i like the aliens i like the concept but it's one of those i feel like that is a perfect movie that is primed to have a sequel that is better than the first one mm-hmm. and so you have the aliens they're still the marines are still out there and i feel like it would be good to do it as more of a post-apocalyptic leaning kind of thing not a war movie involving you know humans and aliens but more of a post-apocalyptic we're trying to survive ragtag kind of think like i think like the future in terminator where like the machines are constantly trying to like kill the human beings but um you know but there's an underground resistance that's building and we're and we're getting there we're doing it we're getting things so who would be in that light of that who would be your um And you could do it with a completely different cast, and that's the beautiful part about it. Mm-hmm. Um, who would be your um, your John Connor style? Um, but young, but think I would think young John Connor before John Connor became like in charge. So it's like a guy who's used to like picking through the wreckage and like finding stuff, but he also has a base that he goes to. He's like a scout for like the human base, you know that mm-hmm. you know based out of Pendleton or whatever. So mm-hmm. and, it, and he needs he needs to be young. He doesn't have to be like young, young, but I feel like, mm. or like old and grizzled, if you want to go that that yeah. route too. Because my mind went to, um, uh, my mind went to Jamie Fox in that role. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. He, I have yeah. a. If you want to go older and grizzled, Stephen mm-hmm. Lang was in my head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be good too. But yeah, now that I'd you watch put out Jamie movie. Fox and I put out a white guy, I feel real. No, I I really thought of Jamie Foxx because like I could he has like the ability to play like a convincing like he has a convincing physicality, but also like he can play like a like he can bring a lot of emotion to roles and stuff like that. Like and I think the movie you described would be a very dour movie. So you would need like you would need someone who could, you know, convey those stakes, you know. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. There would be there would be high stakes because I feel like the part of the thing is there were stakes in the first one, but if we up the stakes even more and like yeah. tone down the technology, like make technology, military technology, a little bit more scarce and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, I feel like that would be perfect. Yeah. So, that sounds like a good movie. I'd awesome. Watch it. Yeah, and then the final one that I have is um, and this is the one that I that I was kind of wondering to see if we were going to get a sequel, if we, uh-huh. uh, not a sequel, but if you and I were going to like connect on this one mm-hmm. because. Let's be honest. We need a sequel to this movie. Whether we actually do or not, we just do. Galaxy yeah. Quest. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. I didn't I didn't pick that one, but yes, that we definitely need a sequel to that. And that one we don't even need to recast. We just the only cast that you have to do is who's the big bad alien and that's it. And what's the what's the pre- would... what's the premise though? Um 
So, so let me just the, real, real quick, because no, just so people know, if you haven't seen Galaxy Quest and you should see it, it's about a fictional TV show that's basically Star Trek, uh, and the the <laughs> the jaded sort of like older, you know, beyond their prime cast members of that show get, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, they get abducted by a real aliens and who have watched their show and thought they were historical documents and have patterned their like space travel and all of that after the technology of the show. Not just that, their society. Yeah, they've patterned their society, <laughs> their society, their cultural norms and stuff after this TV show. And so they are recruited to help them fight an alien menace. So for the, this this sequel, what is your what's your premise? Uh, my premise would be uh, Earth is now part of the Galactic Federation. Okay. Of planets uh, because of the actions of Galaxy Quest. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe not part. It's it's part of it, but like the planet doesn't know about it because okay. it's like they're like, yeah, you're still a little bit behind te- yeah. technologically and societally. Like y'all can't seem to get along. So we're just going to put you under our protection. But like also y'all just keep your little satellites in orbit over there and we'll go out into the rest of the galaxy. Um, so I think – I think that would be – so everybody's back on Earth. They're hanging out. And then Mathazar, who is the new leader, he's now the new leader. And it's you could basically just retread the original. He's now the leader of the Galactic Federation of mm-hmm. of planets. And, um, <laughs> you know, you have this um, – yeah, so you've got all this – you know, you've got all these planets and all this stuff. And then maybe it's like – it's like the Federation versus the Klingons, essentially. So it's like the Klingon Empire that's encroaching on on the Federation Empire. And so you have this, you know, this one warlord who's trying to take over planets. So instead of it being just solely based on ships, we're going – we're in the, we're in ships, but we're going – you know, we're going down to a couple different planets. We are having action adventures on, you know, in like a jungle planet or like, you know, kind of a little bit more of an exploratory. Like, what does this universe hold for for everybody Um and where's, you know, and you just, it's always just fun encounters. And maybe you get into like a firefight on a planet that ends up getting beamed up into a ship and, you know, chasing away. Um, I would do a, um, I would do a ridiculous thing towards the end where it's like, you have to learn how to weave through black. Like this is the place with, this is the part of the galaxy with the most black holes. So like mm-hmm. you figure that out and they're, you know, flying through that. Um, Basically, my my plot premise for Galaxy Quest Two is very weak. I just want to see a sequel. Uh, yeah, no, totally. That's, so, that's how it works here in the lightning round. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I just want to see a sequel to it, and I think it would be fun to have more um, to have Tim Allen's character in the interim, in case he ever got brought back. He's been he's been teaching himself military, like naval military tactics. So he all of a sudden like gets on deck and they're expecting like, you know, Sigourney Weaver's been kind of palling around. Everybody's just been kind of living their lives. And all of a sudden he like maybe the show at the end of the first one, the show that they, the reboot, maybe they mm-hmm. got slashed. So they're all kind of in the same situation they were before. But like Tim Allen's been like educating himself as this like military tactical commander. So they all think he's <laughs> going to be this like slacker drunk again. And he's like, no, port side. Like he's just barking orders to everybody and like taking over the ship. They're like, oh, okay. This is like way more effective. <laughs> yeah, that, that's good. That's funny. I'd watch yeah. that for sure. Oh, yeah. Sam Rockwell, <laughs> again, our favorite. Yeah, always in the mix. He has to be. Has to be. Um. Or maybe That's not. Maybe Tim Allen hasn't been keeping up. Maybe Sam Rockwell's character has been like, 
really hitting the airsoft course hard and like, yeah, I spent some time in a militia up in Montana to really learn how to do it. So, you know, this should be a piece of cake. Like, what? <laughs> I, uh... Uh, can, can I briefly for like two minutes tell you my idea oh, for please. a Galaxy yeah, no, Quest absolutely. So I have actually thought about this a lot. Um, so I'm cheating a little oh, bit. Well, excuse uh, me. <laughs> so so my, Galax- my Galaxy Quest sequel is... Um, uh, yeah, it's similar. It's, it starts off similarly to where yours is like uh, the Galaxy Quest cast members are now... They now are like liaisons from Earth and like a part of this like, you know you know the the what are they the thermians are like trying to make contact with other alien races to like you know spread peace throughout the universe and like make connections and you know that type of thing and mm-hmm. we are in the galaxy quest cast are now like liaisons and justin long's character they're now liaisons to uh other species right sure so um uh justin long's character becomes like a comic book writer like a famous like a basically if like if stan lee like was uh was young like young mm-hmm. a young stan lee but modern day like because of what he realized about space and stuff and all that's real he just you know he's inspired to be you know to create and like and really pursue his dreams and stuff and so he becomes this famous comic book writer they make movies about his comic books he's created all these like staple superheroes and stuff like that and uh <laughs> so what ends up happening is the thermians come to earth and they're like uh we need your help uh galaxy quest cast members uh we have a you know a problem and basically they take uh they take uh <laughs> they take the galaxy quest cast members and justin long to this planet uh where this society has been um, reading Justin Long's comics and seeing the movies from Earth and have created in labs like the superheroes on their planet. <laughs> and but these superheroes, okay. I, this is a, I like this twist. This is fun. Yeah. yeah. So like he's like, oh, my God, like you guys have been creating these people in a lab as children and like raising them to be these heroes. And like, so like there's all these like problems and stuff. And then there's like super, there's villains and and all that kind of stuff. And they have to like, (laughs) yeah, they have to like go in and like recruit the old, like kind of washed up actor versions of these superheroes to like, (laughs) to go up there with them. Oh my God. Yes. And try to make peace with this planet. Uh, and show them like, hey, this stuff isn't real. See, here are the actors that played these roles, and um, they take it personally. <laughs> like this planet oh. is, like, this planet is like, how dare you? Do you know we've, you know, the lows we've sunk to as a society because of this, <laughs> these lies that you've put out into the universe. <laughs> and they're like, they're like, uh, and meanwhile, because they've created these heroes in hopes that like having superheroes would like better their planet, which is like a dying planet. <laughs> And it hasn't. And they've devoted all of their resources to creating these heroes. So they're like, no, we're going to take Earth now because of the, your lies. We've destroyed our own planet. We're going to take Earth now because now we have the means to do so. So yes. it's like so it's like the Galaxy Quest cast plus these like, you know, a washed up Christopher Reeve style Superman guy, a washed up Batman guy like the, you know, these, you know, obviously you do. You wouldn't do Superman and Batman like you do, like the whatever the knockoff right. version is. And these actors like are now acting as like liaisons with the government uh you know the world government of of, of earth to try oh. to defend from these it, these super powered invaders <laughs> that's so good yeah but like they're super powered invaders like, so they have powers but they're based on like these goofy tv shows and like yes. in, and movies and stuff so like they like the behavior their behavior and stuff is somewhat predictable because like they operate how these movies operate you know what i mean right 
so that's the upper hand that that earth has is like we think like people like they think like characters you know what i mean yes exactly yeah where they're like yeah oh my gosh we're like well it should be easy to defeat that one his weakness is this he's like then the guy said how did you know you're like well uh yeah exactly so that's their upper hand but that was my idea i've i've been thinking about that for years though dude i yeah well you know i'm at a i'm at a hardcore disadvantage um but no i i actually like that one a lot that's a great idea i like yeah Yeah. instead of like instead of the creation actually bettering a society because the original Galaxy Quest, for those of you who don't know, the aliens talk about how their society was on the verge of collapse and they were like constantly warring and like all this stuff. And then they found mm-hmm. the historical documents and yeah. uh, all of a sudden it was like they turned us around and the brink, they like, turned us around from the brink of disaster and like everything yep. like that. And it's like, I like the concept of doing the flip flopping it where it's like, <laughs> you ruined us. You bankrupted our society. We, we stopped growing food. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I think like when Galaxy Quest goes wrong, you know? Yes. Oh, uh, my God. But put on the shoulders of of Justin Long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, dude. Who's like become super rich. Justin Long. Brandon. Yeah, exactly. Who's become super rich and successful from these like movies and comic books and stuff. And he's like, I was spreading hope and joy through throughout humanity. Not <laughs> like, here. Yeah, exactly. Not on our planet. <laughs> Jackass. Yeah, I think that would be uh, I think that would be very good. That would um, be great. I love and that. And maybe the leader, the leader of that alien planet is played by Kevin Smith because, because I think that would be. Yeah. A good Jason time. Muse is in the mix. I love it. <laughs> yeah, he's all, maybe it. he's like their Superman. <laughs> Yes, he has to be. Now that yeah, you put it out there, he has to be their Superman. Yeah. He's just yeah. this douche. Yeah. His name is like Wonder Man or something. And yeah. He's like, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Exactly. Fantastic. Yeah, exactly. No, that's Fantastic Four. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. Um, uh, okay. So okay, lightning round for you. Yes. So uh, my first one in the lightning round is is called Meet the Parents-in-Law. And it is a sequel to Meet the Fockers. Okay. Um, okay. Where the Fockers now have a daughter who's an adult. Okay. Um, she's like, you know, in her early 20s or whatever. Um, uh, or maybe she's a teenager. Or, uh, not not a teenager. She has to be an adult for this, this script to work. Sure. But she, they have a daughter who's now an adult. Um, and also, uh, so <laughs> basically she's dating this guy who's like a... Um, who is uh he's like this like silicon valley like uh tech you know up uh, startup guy who like is super he's like a pacifist and super skeptical of the government and whatnot and uh and but he's like a good guy and he's like he's got a you know good head on his shoulders or whatever or whatever uh and he's like they've been dating for a while and this is the first time he's gonna meet her family and uh, but this is all she doesn't know this, but this is also where he plans to propose. And okay. the reason is, is because all the family is going to be together and because basically the whole family is going on vacation to celebrate uh, Jack, played by Robert De Niro, who's uh, officially getting like a lifetime achievement, like retirement ceremony from the CIA. Right. Uh, For uh, most people interrogated. Yes, exactly. Uh, and it's happening at this like, you know, secret location, quote unquote, but it's like in Hawaii or something. Right. Uh, and so all the family is going to Hawaii for this trip and she's bringing her boyfriend and he's planning to propose, but he has to meet all these crazy people. So not only does he have to meet the Fockers, uh, but he also has to meet uh, the uh, Martha's parents, you know, Robert De Niro. And then also Greg's there's parents. a... 
Yes, and there's also a bunch of CIA guys there because they're there for this ceremony. <laughs> and they think, based on some conversation that they hear, they think that this guy, that the the boyfriend, is like some kind of uh, uh, spy. Like some kind of spy yeah. sent there to like take like out Jack or something, you know? <laughs> or he could be through some like he has some weird financial stuff that he was like, yeah. so they think he's like funding terrorism. Yeah, so like they're all, all they're all out to get him. Like they're all kind of spying on him oh, the whole yeah. time. So not only does he have to try to impress and, and propose to his girlfriend, he also has to impress the family and also survive these CIA guys. <laughs> yeah, I like this. That are all his like future grandfather in laws. Like yes, exactly, buddy. <laughs> but it shouldn't be like it shouldn't be like like current CIA guys. It should be right. a bunch of old retired, school CIA, yeah. <laughs> retired like that are there for Jack's party that are just like. So we think you've been funding terrorism. Like, <laughs> yeah, <what>? exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's yeah, that's meet the parents in law. Oh, that's um, good. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, the next one is the <laughs> the title is. I feel like the, the guy to you would cast the title. Oh yeah, casting. Cast Sorry, casting. He would need to be skinny and nervous. Yes. Uh, also a yeah. little bit sweaty if you can if you can make it happen. Yeah, I um, think uh, I think depending on how old you want to do, I think um, what's his name would be really good. Um, Danny Pudi would be really good. Danny Pudi would be great. Uh, um, Jack Quaid is another. Jack one Quaid would also bring be him very back good. Up again. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a ton of choices for that. Yeah, um, yeah. That was good casting. Who would you cast as a daughter? Um, this is Ben Stiller's daughter, right? Yeah. So you'd need she doesn't because the thing is that character doesn't need to have a lot of character arc. She just gets to be the same. Yeah. And then at the end, be like, why would you do this to him? Um, yeah. <laughs> be shocked and incredulous at the end. So you don't really need anybody too crazy. That's true. In depth. <laughs> I think Anna Kendrick would be perfect. Cool. All right. That yeah. works. Or an Anna um, Kendrick-like person. Yeah, an Anna, an Anna Kendrick type. Um, that works. Um, all right, the next one is called The Other Guys Assemble. <laughs> oh, you no, you didn't. I did. Oh, all right. yes. So this is a sequel to The Other Guys. Um, this is, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, 10 years later from The Other Guys movie, 15 years maybe. maybe. Um, Will Ferrell is the chief of police. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and Mark Wahlberg is like the second highest ranking cop. So he's like the police captain or something like that. Detective captain or something like that. And he hates that Will Ferrell is a chief of police, but like the reason Will Ferrell got the job is because he's just more likable. He's more of a people person and he always rubs that in Mark Wahlberg's face. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. And, and, oh, uh, and Michael Keaton is now the mayor of New York. (laughs) Because of course he is. Because of course. And he's. Like, he's completely like in over his head and is just so like what 90s music group will he constantly make references to i know right that's the question <laughs> yeah um so yeah under under police chief uh alan gamble and uh, michael keaton is mayor they've no they've, there's been a uh a time of peace in new york for like the past 10 years um until they start hearing stories of like the they start hearing rumblings about this criminal under underbelly that's developing in the city, but it's being thwarted. And there's like uh, they keep hearing about these attacks and these beatings in the night, but only on criminals, right? Right. 
And they discover that New York has a masked vigilante. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so uh, uh, Mark Wahlberg is like, let me investigate this. I want to investigate this because Mark Wahlberg thinks it's awesome. And like yeah. he's like, we've got a Batman. This is awesome. And and yeah. Will Ferrell's How like, this is. They have a Batman. We have a real life Batman. We yeah. need to get a signal on the roof now. Oh, And yes. Will Ferrell's like, absolutely not. This is not the way we do things. We play by the book. This man should be brought to justice. Uh, and then Michael Keaton is just like, uh, you know, you guys just do, do what you want. You know, he's all apathetic. Oh, my God. It'd be so good if Will Ferrell confronts Mike, uh, confronts Wahlberg in a, in a moment where he's like, he's like going out every night, just beating the crap out of bad guys. Is that what you want? Is that what you think the city needs? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, yeah, and that that's kind of the premise. Uh, and then so they have to like apprehend the vigilante who then tells them about this you know this criminal organization and they you know have to work with him to like stop it yeah oh i like it yeah i like it a lot that's great um or or in other guys fashion maybe when they're like attempting to like uh apprehend the guy or whatever i think i know where you're going with this yeah he like he they're like they're tailing the vigil like mark Wahlberg's tailing the vigilante on this like as he's going out trying to stop a crime and he's just like (laughs) he's watching and the guy's like halt halt evildoers and he's like this town is not gonna and they just shoot him immediately (laughs) yes i was just saying either that or Wahlberg and feral go out like one last ride we're gonna find this guy and they surprise him while he's standing on the edge of a building and he loses yeah. his footing and falls yeah. so then they have yeah. to continue his work yeah exactly as so master mark, vigilantes yeah mark Wahlberg's like look if uh we need the villains we need these uh, this organization to think that there is a vigilante out here so that we can keep them under somewhat of control while we do our investigation and wolf was like i don't like this and then mark Wahlberg's like i'll do it it's fine yeah. <laughs> i've got this this yeah. is the only thing i've ever wanted to do i thought the only thing you ever wanted to do was be a cop that, that's not important right now yeah so mark Wahlberg's like you know he's like joke batman and then uh you know uh uh, Will Ferrell's like joke Commissioner Gordon and they have the God, rooftop so meetings and if stuff. Like, <laughs> if he gets Ferrell gets a text like come to the roof and he's like what? He shows up Buck World was like we need to discuss something. He's like Terry we can just talk. It's just yeah, exactly. us. <laughs> exactly. Also you're a police officer. You can come up here in your regular clothes. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually probably preferred that you do. That way you it's can less get, conspicuous. You can get in the building. You have an ID. You can walk right through to my office. <laughs> If you need to talk, oh, God, if you need to talk, you have my phone number. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Yeah. We go out for beers once a week. Yep. (laughs) Oh, that would be great. So so you would need to cast whoever the big bad's going to be, the leader of this criminal organization, and also who fake Batman's going to be. Fake Batman, I already know. Kit Harrington, just because okay. I feel like it would be great just to have him and like, is that it is okay? <laughs> just because it would be fun and it'd be a small role for him to do and just mm-hmm. be like, eh, something fun and different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, big bad, big bad, big bad. Hmm. Chris Rock, that'd be good. Yeah, Chris Rock, I feel like would be great as like the leader <laughs> of like just a organization that does bad stuff. Yeah, you know he's doing that on Fargo right now. I am excited. That might I have not been gotten super into Fargo, but like yeah. this I saw that the trailer for the season coming up and I was like, I'll watch mm-hmm. the hell out of that. Yeah, it looks great. Black gangster Chris Rock done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like done. That sounds great. 
Yeah, um, so yeah, the other guys assemble. Guy. The other guys uh, assemble. That is so good. The last one I have is uh, Space Jam 2. The Jamming. Yeah, the Jamming. Um, uh, so basically Space Jam 2, um, Swackhammer, who's the villain from the first one played by Danny DeVito, is back. And he operates a sports agency. It's like the newest, biggest sports agency in the world. Now, All- is this in our world or is this in the galaxy like he had his... No, uh, our world. Our world. Our world. Yeah, our okay. World. Okay, so he um, operates in our world, all right. Yeah, he operates in our world. And uh, um, all of the players in this agency are like the most dominant players in the, in their sports um, or like the most up-and-coming dominant players. Um, but uh, the reason is is because he's secretly recruiting the world's best talent out of high school and college and implanting nanomachines in them that make them into soulless androids. <laughs> okay. Because uh, he thinks the best players are the ones who are so committed to the game that they can't even think for themselves, you know? Ooh. And so the Looney- Isn't that kind of true? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the Looney Tunes recruit a handful of players um, from various sports that seem to have avoided the agency. Like, they seem to still have some personality so like they get aaron Rodgers, like the football player and then they get yep. lebron james of course who's like okay. the leader of it and then you Love know they it. get a baseball player soccer player tennis player can you um, um can we also have peyton manning just make an appearance at some point <laughs> i love peyton manning I, dude his guy coke is like progressive whatever his commercials are with him yeah. and brad paisley i'm like yeah these are very good yep um he just yeah plays so, that idiot character so yeah. well <laughs> yeah so they get this team of of high-level athletes from different sports and they challenge the agency's best athletes to their various sports so Mm. it's not just basketball you get a basketball game you get a football game you get a tennis match you get a baseball game oh i love it yeah yep and it's starring you know lebron james and all the looney tunes and 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 fun is had i think that sounds awesome that sounds fun and heartwarming and just like a good time you know where it's like i know i'm not going to be challenged by anything when i go to see this movie and that's okay yeah, that's fine. I'm okay fine. with that. It's whatever. I can um, take my kids to it. Exactly. I don't have so that- kids, just so you listeners know. <laughs> I could get them if I wanted them. Oh, I could find kids. Don't you worry. I'll find kids all day long. Uh, yeah, and now so I'm on are- a watch list. <laughs> exactly. Uh, now, you, now I can't get on a plane. Uh, <laughs> or leave my house. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's the list for today. And we just Perfect. hit two hours, which is perfect i know i was um, watching the clock i'm like we're getting it in right on time yes perfect. Uh, yeah dude that was fun we should do yeah. more stuff like this soon yes we absolutely should and i will honestly say that the other guys assemble needs to be a movie that is made like asap <laughs> yeah i can't think of a funnier freak like i want to see more of that zany will feral comedy coming back and i can't like there's no other way I want to see it, but in that, like that delivery vehicle, like, God, that's good. We yep. also need to have Rob Hubel coming back as like the, like the cop, uh, uh, Rob Hubel, Rob Riggle. Um, and, um, uh, Damon Wayans, Jr. Damon Wayans. <laughs> I think get Jason Manzukis up in the mix there. Paul Shear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, God. Yeah. Just all the people that you know and love from like UCB and yeah. all that stuff. God, that would be good. <laughs> Yeah, and of course, Dirty Mike and the Boys are definitely (laughs) coming back. Of course, of course, I think Dirty Mike and the Boys should be, uh, obviously Adam McKay. Yep, Matt Besser, (laughs) uh, Brian Husky. (laughs) Yeah, and um, uh, uh, Rob Rob Corddry. (laughs) 
in the third act, they recruit Dirty Mike and the boys to help take the gang down. Yeah, as they're like eyes and ears on the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're but they just keep trying to have sex with each other. Like, stop <laughs> yeah. <it. laughs> exactly. Oh, man, that is too good. Guys, there's an empty dumpster over here. Uh, don't. T- oh, there they go. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh man, dude! Thanks so much for doing this. Uh, oh. Where can where can people find you on the internet, Derek? Oh, you can find me at Derek. I just realized the other last time after we recorded last week, uh-huh. I have not spelled my name out correctly. Ah, <laughs> for people, if you're looking for me, it's D E R E K. So you can uh-huh. find me at Derek underscore Nickel N I C K E L on Twitter and at Cinephile eighty four on Instagram. Come follow me. I don't post a hell of a lot on Instagram. I need to do better. Um, but yeah, my Twitter, it's whatever. I, I've got a retweet and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, starting to trying to get back more in that game. So, yeah, at Derek underscore Nickel at the tweets and Cinephile84 on the Instas. Perfect. Uh, you can find me uh, at uh, Asan the DJ on social media. That's a that's at A-H-S-O-H-N the DJ. You can find me at Asan.com, my website. You can find episodes, episodes of this podcast and more <laughs> at Weekly Regular on social media and WeeklyRegular.com. Thanks a lot again, Derek. I appreciate it. Absolutely. My pleasure, man. All right. And we will see y'all next week.